am I not to shine as brightly as I possibly can be? Who am I not to be the hot girl? Who am I not to be the shiny, stupendous, phenomenal woman? I don't want you to be at the end of your life and think that and have these massive regrets. I want you to shine so bright that people, they don't have to just put sunglasses on. They have to put on those weird glasses that we wear during the eclipse where they're like, don't look at the sun or it's going to make you blind. That's what I want for you. That's the end goal. (laughs) This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 321. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen. A no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. A couple of weeks ago, I turned on the mic and recorded this episode. I didn't really have concrete plans for it, but I knew that I needed to record myself as I was fired up about this topic. And here we are. Uh, There was an opening one week and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this to people because I truly, truly feel like this is something that so many of us struggle with, the fear of outshining. I'm going to go into much more detail in a little bit. This is also something I am going to write about in my next book title, To Be Determined. One of the things I did not talk about when I recorded this episode was that the fear of outshining is really deep-rooted in our own shame. It is the shame, or I should say, trying to avoid shame, and we stand back, and that's really where our fear stops us. I know it has stopped me more times than I would like to admit. And the thing is, is that we, when we don't know that that's what's stopping us, it's really easy for us to just keep going with the old habits that we have over and over again. You read about a lot of those habits in How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And in the mentorship, which is open for applications right now, I will teach you the steps of shame resilience, which translates to better coping mechanisms. Because we do all these things, you know, we stand in fear because we're afraid of outshining. We isolate, we numb out, we perfect, we people please, all of these things to try to avoid shame. That's really kind of like the secret underground thing that's dwelling inside of your body, inside of your mind. And we get it all out in the open. You will understand what your triggers are. You will learn better coping mechanisms so you can be a better you. What I would love for you to do is go check out the kind words, the testimonials that the women have left on the info page. They have said it so much better than I can of what they walk away with and what they learn. A few of them have just given me these testimonials and it's a year out. So a year later of them taking the program, they wrote these to me and I'm just filled with tears of how it's still helping them in their life and the things that they walked away with even this long after. So it's yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. Really, if you're that person who's podcast app is full of self-help podcasts and you're really looking for that bit of transformation, you don't need any more information. What you really need is transformation. This program 
helps you implement. It's not just more information. It actually will help you implement the tools that you learn into your life, okay? Yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. And really, I don't think I have anything else to say, except I can't wait for you to listen to this. I would love for you to message me on Instagram if it spoke to you. I love it when you guys share these podcast episodes and you tag me. I'm at Your Kick-Ass Life on Instagram. By the way, if you don't follow me over there, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and sharing. And without further ado, here is today's episode. All right. This is something that I've really wanted to talk about for a while, and maybe I just didn't have the right words to put together, the right examples, but I had a conversation this morning with a client, and it came up. And it's one of those moments where I just decided to turn on the mic and talk about it because I feel fired the fuck up about it. So y'all are going to have to sit tight and listen. The topic is around the fear of outshining. Really, it's sort of a double topic because there's the fear of shining at all, which I think is a challenge that a lot of us, and when I say us, I mean women or anyone who identifies as a woman, that's a challenge we face really just from the get-go is just shining at all. But what I'm going to specifically talk about today is the fear of outshining others. And this comes up in one of my favorite books of all time. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And this is one of the very few books I have, both the audiobook and the physical copy of it. I love this book so much. It's a pretty quick read, and that link will be in the show notes if you want to grab a copy. I recommend it to really everyone who will listen to me. He talks about what are two very directly related topics, and that is what he calls your zone of genius versus your zone of excellence and competence. But he also talks about the upper limit problem. And again, they're directly related. What I'm specifically going to talk about is one of the fears that he identifies in dealing with upper limit problems, and that is, as I've mentioned, the fear of outshining. Here's the thing. Upper limit problems come up all over the goddamn place. It's littered. (laughs) (laughs) like a public park that nobody's paid attention to for a long time. This topic comes up so much with my clients. And if you go back and listen to Rachel was on the podcast, I will link to that also in the show notes. That was a great example of an upper limit problem that I coached her on. But this comes up with so many of my clients and women in my group programs, and specifically this client that I was talking to this morning, is she's struggling with this one particular thing in her life. And it really wasn't about the topic that she brought. You know, and and we could have strategized and I could have given her assignments to hold her accountable to take action on this particular thing that she wanted to accomplish. But during our coaching conversation, what we both realized, what it really wasn't about the thing that she was failing to take action on, it was her fear of outshining. That is really 75 to 80% of the issue, and it's really not about the taking action. All right, so let me kind of back up a little bit. What does that actually mean, the fear of outshining? And and before I even really get too far into this, let, let me back up. I'm just doing all kinds of backing up here. I was rereading that section in the book, in The Big Leap, and he does give some great examples, but the book is really for everyone. It's for all people. And I was reading it and I was like, these these are not great examples for my people because I'm going to just say it. 
I feel like this is especially a problem for women. We are brought up in a culture where we are taught, and it's typically implicitly taught, to not outshine other people. Because if we do that, we are making them uncomfortable. We are showing off. We are not doing what we're supposed to be doing, which is putting everyone's comfort before ours, taking care of everyone, making sure everyone is okay, certainly making sure that everybody likes us. It's one of the biggest crimes of the world to be (laughs) disliked, to be out of this box of conformity that has been put on us. And I'm not saying that men don't have their own boxes of conformity that our culture and society have put on them, certainly. But again, I know that the vast majority of my audience is women, and that's why I'm talking to y'all. One of the other things, too, that's interesting about this is it's not just that we fear outshining people because we might make them uncomfortable. It's also because we are afraid of people feeling threatened by us. That is also another crime that we dare not commit. I know as someone who identifies as having a big personality, and I know that not everybody is like this, but I know that there is a decent amount of you listening who are similar to me. Maybe you are gregarious. Maybe you have a loud voice and loud laugh. You have an outgoing personality. And I have been told, not as much as I've gotten older, but definitely when I was younger, I have been told that I'm intimidating. I have been told several times by people who've gotten to know me, they've said, you know, I thought you were such a bitch before I got to know you. So it's obviously something that I'm putting out there where people were were feeling intimidated by me, were feeling just uncomfortable. And hearing that, I was deeply apologetic and definitely didn't want to come across that way. So I specifically tried to tone myself down to make sure people around me, I was reading, I would read the room a lot. And if I felt like I was getting really excited about something and felt very much in my Andrea-ness that I would look around the room to gauge people's reactions, to gauge their body language, to gauge how they were looking at me and looking at each other. And then I would behave according to that. And that breaks my fucking heart to think back on the amount of energy that I spent worrying how I was coming across, worrying that people were thinking that I was too loud, that I was too boisterous, that I was taking up too much space. This is the crime that we dare not commit. Am I right? All right. I'm like clutching my pad of paper here. fired up about this. Here's the thing. I want this to be helpful for you. And and again, like it even if you don't have a loud, gregarious personality like mine, I know that there are other ways that you have probably felt that you might be making other people uncomfortable. I also think a lot of women do this with their intelligence. They are brilliant. They are very smart and they excel academically. 
And that might be an area that they are afraid to outshine people. Maybe it was their siblings. Maybe it was their friends. Who knows? I'm I'm certain that the vast majority of you listening can pinpoint somewhere in your life where you have felt uncomfortable and felt like you better not outshine anybody else, that you need to tone it down in some way or another. So I think the first thing in order to help this, because I don't want to just sit here on my soapbox and yell about this all day long. I want to help you with this. And the very first thing is the obvious. Identify where you are doing this now, today in your life. Maybe some of you do it at work. Maybe you are in a work meeting and you have an idea and you're afraid to raise your hand because you're always the first person to raise your hand and give an idea and brainstorm. And you're like, maybe I should give somebody else a chance. But nobody else is raising their hand anyway. And you're like, I'm just going to see if somebody else raises their hand, even though I have this fantastic idea. Or maybe I should give this idea to my coworker and see if they want to be the ones to volunteer it. Are you doing things like that? Are you not taking credit for things that really are something that you did at work? Or someone gives you a compliment on something and you make sure you tell that person, five other people that helped you with it, even though all they did was went and got the copies off the copier or something like that. (laughs) What is it at work that you're doing where you are afraid of outshining so you are not fully showing up for fear that you will make people feel threatened by you or you will make them uncomfortable or you will make them dislike you? Where are you doing this perhaps with your appearance? Do you guys watch the show Schitt's Creek? I have been obsessed with that show since it first came out. I was an early adopter of Schitt's Creek and I feel like I need to get credit for that because it felt like this underground thing that nobody knew about, which I am so happy that they are getting all the notoriety that they deserve. But one of the characters played by the brilliant Catherine O'Hara is, her name is Moira Rose. And she was formerly a wealthy woman that somehow managed to keep a lot of the clothes that she had from her former life. They, they end up losing all their money. And She wears these wigs. She has this collection of wigs, and her clothes are just eccentric, I guess I would describe them. And she goes to this party where she's a thousand percent overdressed in this gold lame dress with this giant bow on the front of it. And people are kind of staring at her and 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 people are kind of making comments about it. She does not give a shit. Like the shoes that she wears, the wigs, her makeup. She's always in like a smoky eye. She reminds me a little bit of Chacha de Gregorio. And you all know how much I love her. If you don't know, I will drop that link in the show notes for you. And you can go and listen to my long soapbox about my my affinity for Chacha de Gregorio from the movie Grease. I love women like this. And of course, these are characters, but just what they represent in their confidence around, and and in Moira Rose's case, the confidence about her appearance. She does not care if she makes people uncomfortable. She does not care if people feel threatened by her appearance, by her presence in general. So do you do this in your life in any way? Do you sabotage yourself so that you don't outshine? Have you grown up hearing how beautiful you are, so you try to tone down your appearance as to not make other women 
feel uncomfortable by your appearance. There's this terrible quote that, oh my God, and I don't know who said it. I really need a fact checker (laughs) who can do this for me. But it's something to the extent of there's this unsaid secret that everyone, that all women hate the most beautiful woman in the room. And I understand that. Like, I can see how that would be true in this messed up culture that that we live in where we don't just celebrate the shit out of people. But maybe that's you. Maybe that's you and you try to tone down your appearance as to not make people uncomfortable. Do you do this in your friendships? I know I do. I went through a phase where I had to really take a look at where I was doing this. I have a very close friend who I was feeling like I have to stay at the same pace with her in terms of our career. I I had made up that I needed to like be her pacer. Like we were running some kind of marathon and like she had like hired me or something to stay with her. You know, you can do that. You can like hire someone to, to pace with you and make sure that you don't fall too far behind or or go too fast so then you run out of energy. This is what I had subconsciously made up. And the, and the real fear was that if I succeed more than this person, then I will leave her behind and then she won't like me anymore. She will think I am being a show off. She will think I am being too ambitious. She will think I'm being too smart. You know, all of these things. And and I was sabotaging my own success. I was basically just putting a fire hose on my own fire. And this person had never told me, (laughs) I want you to keep pace with me. This person never said, do you really need to write a second book? Never, ever. This person has always celebrated my success and my ambition in the first place. I was totally making up a story about this. If I leave people behind, I will be alone. That's the subconscious story I was making up. Once I realized that and then had a conversation with her about it, my income doubled. I was also working on my money stuff too. All sorts of doors flew open. They flew off their goddamn hinges once I discovered that and worked through it. Again, so we're still on the identifying part of this. Do you do this in your romantic relationships? Maybe your partner has a high-profile job where you have made up this unconscious, subconscious story. Is it unconscious or subconscious? I'm, I never I never know which is right, so I'm going to just go back and forth. Maybe you've made up this story and you want only this person to be the one who's the star. There's only room for one of us. And again... I do, I don't know the science behind this, but I do think that this is is gender specific and that women struggle with this differently than men do. And in a heteronormative family, typically it's the wife who is the supporter. You know, behind every successful man is a great wife and all that other bullshit. She can't shine as bright as him because it would take something away from his success. We dare not emasculate our partners. Are you doing that in your romantic relationships? The second part is for you to identify why. Why are you doing this? And what I want you to do is to journal on this. Put pen to paper. 
I mean, this might this episode might be the aha moment that you need. I don't want you to stop here. Please, I am begging you not to stop here with just this awareness. The awareness will get you only so far. The real work comes from putting pen to paper, from having conversations with your friends about it, to really starting to dig underneath and figure out why. Why did you have this unconscious story? Is it something that happened when you were a kid? Maybe you were an overachiever and you were really smart and your parents were like, we think you're awesome, but your siblings aren't as smart as you are, so we're only going to celebrate you so much. Like, Did you somehow learn to tamper it down back then? Or maybe, like so many of us, you just grew up in the same culture that we all did where girls were not meant to shine bright. I'm probably going to tell this story in my third book that I'm currently writing right now. When I was about 10 years old, I was riding bikes with one of my friends on our street, and she said, was talking about another friend, and she said, oh, she thinks she's so hot. And I had never heard another girl talk about another girl like that talk badly or maybe I had but this was this was the one that stood out in my mind very much and being and feeling shame in that moment even though she wasn't talking about me but also feeling like I very much understood that that was a thing that we did not want to do like don't be a show off don't be a know it all don't be a bragger so from a very early age I understood that we were not to act like we were all hot And that shit stays with you. These small stories live in us and can seem innocuous all by themselves. But when you add that on to the mountain of messaging that we get through our lifetime, through the conditioning that tells us we need to act and behave a certain way, that outcome manifests at work. It manifests in our friendships. It manifests even just naming our goals. It manifests how we speak about ourselves in our heads and to other people. It manifests in our romantic relationships everywhere. So the more you know it, the more intimate you get with these stories, the better you are at unraveling them and creating new ones. And let me just say a quick sidebar here. This is going to take a minute. I don't know how old you are listening to this. You could be 25, you could be 65 or somewhere in between. But you have had many years of conditioning this way. And it really doesn't matter if you are on the older spectrum. You can still 100% unravel these stories and create new ones in your life. And it is not going to be linear. I'm just going to say that right now. And this is what I was talking about to my client this morning. It's not just going to be like, oh, I figured it out. I'm going to create a new story and I'm going to be on this trajectory to knowing that that I'm the fucking hot girl and it's all going to be great. Watch me now. No, you're going to have some setbacks. You're going to be like, didn't I already work on this five years ago? It's never linear. It is messy, but the more you know, the better off you are in being able to untangle this and figure out how you want to be, how you want to behave, how you want to think, how you want to just show up in the world as your best version of yourself. So the why, that's what I want you to put pen to paper 
Are there any stories that you remember from your childhood that have shaped this? And when you put them down, you might think that's ridiculous. So my client said, I make up a story that there's only so much shininess to go around. And it's like a pizza. You know, I always say it's like a pizza. Everybody gets a slice and I don't want to take anybody else's slice. If there's any leftover for me, I might have some, but there probably won't be any leftover and I would rather it go to all those people that I love and care about. So I'm just going to stay back here and hide and be really dim and not shine. This will keep me safe. This will keep everyone else comfortable in this zone, in this comfort zone that I am so used to, even though at the end it feels like shit, even though at the end of the day, at the end of your life, I should say, you're going to look back and say, God damn it. I wish I would have just thrown that in the garbage. I wish I would have worked on that. Who who am I not to shine as brightly as I possibly can be? Who am I not to be the hot girl? Who am I not to be the shiny, stupendous, phenomenal woman? I don't want you to be at the end of your life and think that and have these massive regrets. I want you to shine so bright that people, they don't have to just put sunglasses on. They have to put on those weird glasses that we wear during the eclipse where they're like, don't look at the sun or it's going to make you blind. That's what I want for you. That's the end goal. All right, now I'm sweating. But it's the why. That's what I want you to uncover. And once you uncover that, you can look at these stories that you have made up. You can connect the dots You can do inner child work if that's what works for you. You can bring this journal or notes that you took to your therapist. You can bring this to a conversation with your friends where they get this kind of stuff. I want you to start having these conversations with other people that you know will get it and that you trust. And I want you to start having this conversation with yourself because the world needs more shiny women. It does. It needs you to not hide. It needs you to come out from worrying about making people uncomfortable or worrying if they're going to feel threatened by the space that you're taking up, the shininess that you are putting out there. I love you guys. I love y'all, and I'm glad that I sat down to turn on the mic because I was feeling super fired up about it, and I never want to walk away from one of those moments because it always tells me that I have something to share with you. So let me know what you think. Please send me a – I love getting your DMs on Instagram where you share the podcast episode and put a little comment in there and say, like, this one spoke to me. Love that Andrea gets on her soapbox. I love those. And you know I always reply to those. That is me replying, by the way. So thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate your shares on Instagram and Facebook and all of the places. And thank you for spending time with me. You know how valuable I think your time is. I love that you spend it with me. Thank you so much. And until next time, Ask Kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace, hopefully shining your asses off.